Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Art Proof. We hope you have all been well as we begin to edge towards the end of our third lockdown here in the UK. Last summer, Nick and myself had a chat over Skype with New York-based photographer Delphine Diallo. Delphine left a corporate job and entered the world of photography after meeting acclaimed photographer Peter Beard at a dinner party. Since then, she has been unstoppable, exhibiting her work, collaborating with brands such as Nike, Vogue and Converse, and fellow artists Shepard Fairey and JR. In this episode, we talk about Delphine's photography practice and how it has led more recently into collage. We discuss why she felt the move from her home in Paris to New York was a necessary one, which has provided a much wider scope of opportunities. Delphine talks passionately about her spiritual path and how that combined with her artistic practice has helped her to be very prepared for staying creative during times of lockdown. So the the energy of New York, of course, is uh, it's something that people, you know, we, we jump into a reality, illusion, illusion, reality. So everybody has a hard time to grab on reality for the last uh, three months. Right. And uh, from, you know, the, the waves, the huge waves of uh, pandemic to, you know, the protests, it's also pretty much planned. People, okay. people talk about this plan a lot, and people want to know uh, what's happening. So there is more critical thinking. There is new people who's coming with new way of thinking, which we need, and right. it's very interesting. Um, you know, like the the left and the right wing, and then people that coming in the middle that said, "Hey, I'm gonna give you um, someone who's talking about Trump in different ways, and I'm gonna give you someone who's gonna talk about Black Lives Matter in different ways." And, yeah. Um, we need we need new way of thinking. It doesn't mean that people are voting for Trump or, or voting for Democrats, which a lot of people are still very kind of left or right. We yeah. we, want, we want something else. So the the new generation, especially uh, young people, who are like 25, 30, are coming with a really interesting way of thinking. Okay, and how how are they bringing this to you? Are you getting this through social media? How are you aware of this new thinking? Um, first of all, because I, you know, I built my platform uh, smartly from the beginning, which I only follow uh, very interesting people. Right. If you if you check my following, it's 600 people. Uh, they all have interesting stories, and they all and they feel very good on what they're doing. Okay. So I have also in New York. We we the reason why I'm here is because we're not in the box of uh, I'm not in the box of the art world, for example. I'm have a discussion with journalists, I have discussion with, you know, directors, I have discussion with people into politics in the, in the state of Queens, for, I mean, in the state of, yeah, um, in the neighborhood of Queens. So right. I have conversation with many different, um, you know, activists here. That's right. why I Excellent. think I have, a, I have a good insight, though, because I, I'm not taking my information from one or two point of view. Yeah, a rounded view. You've been in New York for just almost 12 years, just over 12 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, why, mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me. Why did you choose New York? Why, from leaving Paris, why was New York the next destination? Because I feel my limit, I was very limited in in Paris. And, uh, you know, I'm 40, I'm going to be 43 right now. And I'm decided 29, 30, 
um, to have enough of Europe for a certain kind of mentality oh, okay. um, when it comes to opportunities, when it comes to opportunities, specifically uh, when it comes to my face and my body and the way that I look. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to pursue a career of uh, progress and you know yes. evolution in terms yeah. of also art, but also payment and job and opportunities. So definitely, New York is one of the only places in the world where you have. Um, you have the world who's going to hire you, which means from the art world to the publication industry, New York Magazine or New Yorker, or even the uh, commercial industry, um, RGA company, creative agencies. Um, they all con- contacted me here when I start my journey. Oh, so they, yeah. they're eager to hire new people, which is the opposite of, uh, of, of Europe, especially France, specifically France, not UK. Because I don't okay. know enough of UK, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're pleased with that decision? You're still, still I'm, very I'm, much happy I mean, with I, New York. As you can see, the results, a lot of production happened. Yeah. So yes. uh, I can't deny the um, my new American dream was not based on the uh, old way of seeing the American dream. I've been doing my vision quest, which has been uh, explained in Native American culture. When you go in an unknown place and you're looking for a new meaning which yeah. I did in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that's why I don't want to keep the narrative of this is bad, this is good, you know. Right, yeah, sure. Talking about commercial work, Yeah. obviously f- photography is your kind of primary practice and then there's uh, the, the collage as well. But mm-hmm. commercial photography work, aside from your art, that's kind of the thing that blew up for you in New yeah. York, isn't it? So you've done quite a few collaborations with Nike and... Um, you know, Vogue as well, Vogue yeah. covers, Converse you've done. So that being in New York, has that kind of enabled you or do you feel like it's enabled you to pursue your own creative practice aside from the commercial jobs? Like it's as opposed to what you were doing in France. Yeah, the, the you know, the constructor, the, the, let's say like when it comes to your creative field, right? And you're a graphic designer, you get out of school of visual art or you get out of school of, of fashion and you want to be a part of the industry, you're excited because... You want to have those people hire you and and get the credit from the industry and be approved, right? Uh, I had a new meaning when I arrived in New York. I didn't want that because I had in Paris working in the music industry. And uh, when the Internet and the crisis in 2008 came, the music industry kind of fell down, right? So Mm -hmm. I realized the limitation and the date of expiration of being a part of something. So so when I arrived in New York and and I was able to work with those people, I had to be aware to be higher for what I can do the best, but not being higher for executing things for them because I'm a good technician in photography, you know. So, so that's why I didn't, I didn't do like still life photography and be, you know, having those websites where agent can find me and I can shoot fashion commercial work like Art Partner and all those people doing. They have this fashion photographer who does that. They have agency with post-production and retouch, I'm not interested to be a part of this, uh, uh, I call that a trap, because what they do is like they put they put creative in the in this industry, but the name never remained. So right. from the time you moved to New York, you haven't had or you didn't have a, a photography agent? I, I did have, no, no, no. When I arrived in New York, I didn't. And then I did for the last 12 years, I had two agents. Okay. Um, but only most of the two agents was only a year 
because the work was coming directly through me. So I was like, okay. you don't need it. <laughs> I was like, guys, like you can take 25% and just like, I'm finding the work for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was coming to you directly through social media again, Instagram. Is that how they were finding you? Things like that. Which is, which is kind of amazing. Right. Nobody really talk about it, but I have a, I have a great uh, insight and experience in social virtual world when it comes to Instagram because because I was invisible, that really works for me because if you go to scroll it through the years, yeah. you can see the consistency of the work yeah. and, the, and the reaching out of people, the numbers of followers and I have are not fake. I've been uh, promoting by, you know, big companies, even Instagram yeah. themselves, you know, so uh the coming in of my of my Instagram was actually very consistent as well. Yeah, I mean, I did I did scroll through. You have over yeah. four thousand pictures. It's a lot of content. Yeah. Do you do you, do you only? Yeah, well done. <laughs> oh, that's um, not for me. I'm going actually very slow. Oh really? <laughs> wow. But do you? But is that ever difficult? Do you? I mean, are there days that you don't want to be anything to do with Instagram, or is it all positive when you think of social media wow. and Instagram? So but another thing who's not being taught with creative uh, is the discipline that we have to achieve. If I'm a part of the virtual world yeah. and I'm on Instagram, I have to be disciplined to know when to release the content, but also for myself to keep space for being creative. So yeah. if you can see the posting, they have always four days, two days. So, and I don't spend oh. that much time, you know, like I'm posting, I'm, I have the writing and I'm posting, and then by later during the day, I'm checking and I'm answering people. Yeah. But my desk is full. Like today, I wake up, I read, I train, I find new yeah, ideas. Like I'm break, not on all day, you know. Break that down. So what? What a bit more your day content. What? What time would you normally wake up, and what's? How does your day start? So you yeah. Sort of yeah, like six, seven, you know. Yeah. And then um, it's very organic. I can plan when I'm going to post. I need to feel it's the moment, you know, like the magic moment. So <laughs> my post is based on a very intense love that I have for sharing the work. It's not, I don't want to, I'm not always, I never think about the promotion of my work. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was not able to be a part of the industry. So the when I post is very kind of organic and I want people to be feel positive about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I meant more your day. How, 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 how do your days go generally in terms of when do you wake up? Did you say you meditated or something? Just yeah, now? yeah. I yeah either, like how, 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 how many hours do you end up working on photography? How much is dedicated to emails? How, how does the day-to-day -day go for you? So first of all, I don't have a male brain. So <laughs> I, can, I can give you a, a, a perfect blueprint for the day, but for today, I can give you yeah. the blueprint. Yeah, okay, give me today. <laughs> <laughs> today I wake up I read a Bruce Lee kind of like a book and then uh, it motivates me you know because it's talk about self-realization um, right. and uh, so I get inspired I wake up I uh, start to you know play music like I put music or my friends playing music so he's playing music for yeah. me and suddenly I start to dance and then I, I, I dance, but the when and I dance is a, it's a free form, it's improvisation. Yeah. So it's a meditation space where you, you're in free zone and no. then I'm doing my training. So the entire morning, for example, until I call you guys was yeah. music, uh, training, free form, releasing, uh, the stress of the reality that we're living. Mm -hmm. 
And now at 1 or 2 p.m., I'm ready for giving you love, taking my bike, going to Soho, uh, picking up my prints that I'm selling, you know, crossing the bridge, Williamsburg Bridge, seeing the city and experiencing a physical life, which I'm very, uh, I'm very into the physical as well reality as I'm in very into a, a virtual reality. Both for me has to be very balanced, but it's it's completely doable. I was, I was just going to say, can you talk to us a little bit about your studio practice and how your photography has influenced that? My studio practice, which means, which means collage. Oh, sorry, right? the collage. Yeah, the collage. Sorry. Yeah. So, for example, uh, today I am collaging for a, a, a collector's um, a, um, 30 by 30 inch collage. And the pictures, which is the epicenter of the picture, is one of the portrait of uh, my black iconic woman, for example. Mm. And uh, what I do is he wants me to create a commission collage where nature and women are combined together. So I put usually I have a I have my pictures printed in different size. So I have archive work, small tiny sizes there, and I'm opening the box and I pick right. up when I need it yeah, already. Yeah. And then same with the work who doesn't belong to me, like from magazines, from yeah. postcards. I spend a lot of times in the vintage store buying old vintage postcards or negative that I'm finding. So I'm kind of a seeker. I, yeah. I'm not stopping seeking, seeking true information and, and combining to my psyche or work. So it's like I work collage as a mandala. It's very exciting. Okay. It's like it's the mandala. I've done the mandala. It doesn't belong to me anymore. So it yeah. belongs to me the time that I'm doing it. And then it has to go to someone, you know. That must be a lot of fun, seeking out the images. And, and then also knowing you have like these kind of boxes or drawers full of them. You know, like all these stories and tales and they're all there just ready to be. And also how I find them, the story of how I find this, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think it's like, well, I perceive it to be like the history of somebody else's history. When you're looking for a magazine, it's like somebody's bought that because that's their interest. And now they've put it in a thrift store because they don't want it anymore. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, you know. What, 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 What the hell is this magazine about? You pick it up, you find all the different images in there that you probably wouldn't have stumbled across if you hadn't uh, picked up I, don't, the I mean some of my work I've been selling the work because I know that work will be like this specific picture with the snake or this it's, it's like for me it's a really it's a really a million dollar image you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like thinking about the value of what I'm finding in my own world you know yeah. not today but like in the next 10 years and I'm like this person didn't know what she had I <laughs> can see the magic. Yeah, it's like being a kid, you know, that kid yes. energy, uh, the kid energy um, is upset with adults most of the time because I think what upset most kids is uh, to not see adults a glimpse of creativity during the day. Yeah, yeah. I like boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. like, they don't like to play, like the favorite activity of a kid is play. Yes, play. yeah. It's doesn't understand why like people adults doesn't play yeah yeah the uh, the actual the the latest podcast we released with shepherd manico his work is about that about repurposing everyday items for other things like children do so they'll see a box and yeah, it's yeah. no longer something to contain an object it becomes a hat or a, a car or all these other yeah that wild imagination that children have and it's good to be able to tap back into that 
and and, and collage research. Is, collage is that for everyone. Right. And when when did collage start for you? When, when what, well, what was the I, catalyst for that? The catalyst was uh, Peter Beard, um, the photographer renowned from the 60s and 70s, who were actually uh, documented the wildlife, uh, the disappearance of wildlife, especially specifically elephants, uh, in um, Kenya. Mm-hmm. We documented the, you know, they they were too much. Uh, they I think thousands. I don't know the numbers, but there was too many wildlife animals, especially elephants. So the grass, the, everything was like the nature, the green was disappearing. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's the reason why they also uh, a less wide uh, animal and white elephant into those uh, into those uh, lands because they they were too many. Yeah. And Which then, is, yeah, you don't often yeah, hear that side and, of things. And then the man wants more, so he's taking the land and he's putting agriculture in the land and he's killing the white animal as well. So on both sides, he doesn't do good for nature because he's stealing too much land for his own interest. And uh, usually it's for greed, not only purpose of just like feeding people. Yeah. Yeah. This entire work was based on the <laughs> destruction and uh, extension of mankind. <laughs> Which that more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was very Darwinian. We had a discussion yes. about it. Um, it was very, he was knowing that people are not interested in nature and uh, society doesn't teach people to love nature and to understand nature. So indeed, uh, man's going to his extension. Right. And I was the opposite. I was like, no, it's not true. I believe in man. I believe in the world. And <laughs> that's what I am today, doing collage, uh, showing the beauty of nature with women in completely different way than him. Right. So it's like, like the the catalyst of my transformation was Peter because he saw the gift that I had. Yes. Yeah. Probably the same brain of like organizing stuff and creative creativity energy, mm-hmm. and I was able to translate uh, my narrative into a different type of a psychological shift and transformation into the feminine energy, into the divine feminine energy, which we don't really talk much in those days, you know, and which we should. Can we start talking about that then? What, what, um, what's the, you're talking about the female divine energy. Like, can you talk about that and its kind of relationship to your work now? I mean, the feminine energy, is something that is not like, forget about, let's say, forget about my form. Okay. Forget about it, I'm a woman. Forget I'm a, like, my body's a woman and your body's a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of us are human beings. We have a feminine and, and masculine energy within us. We've been born in a masculine and patriarchal society. So, uh, by condition, I've been raised having more masculine energy. Okay. Not because I'm like a man, no. Mm-hmm. Masculine energy organized, have logic, everything has to be planned. And then, and then at the extreme point of masculine energy, we're seeing the result in America, for example. Or we're seeing the result in Europe where everybody is about control and power. So masculine energy is not bad and feminine energy is not bad, right? But the masculine wants to own mm-hmm. and, and keep, you know, like Lord of the Ring, my precious. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much gobble, you know, the gobble, like yeah, gobble. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much the extreme of masculine energy. Right. Who doesn't want to let go? Yeah, wants yeah. To own to and still, still with this gold and precious, right? The mm. feminine energy is the one who's uh, is the creator. She's creating, so she 
when the when she's creating is very organic. So if you talk like my right brain, because I'm a lefty, so completely right brain person, I'm seeing things in a map. I'm not. I'm never seeing things like this. So if everything is in a map and everything is about collective, collective, I can't separate myself from you. The right. masculine energy separates and divides. I'm kind of like subconsciously or consciously. And what we're facing today is the extreme of the masculine energy who wants to divide into race, into class, into economy, and into even white themselves, which is crazy. So what they do, it's like they're dividing more to mm-hmm. make sure they're still having the power. That's masculine. Extreme. The feminine, which is much needed today, is the one who organized for collective consciousness and for and for growth of sharing wealth equal way for bringing back the ecosystem of the eco social balance. You know, feminine is is the reason why I'm doing my work. Yeah. And in the art world, or maybe more specifically the New York art world, how do you feel the female and and the black community are getting a voice in that art scene, or is the art scene, as you've just described it, white no, no, male I mean, masculinity? Art, or? Yeah, so it's the same, huh? Like let's let, mm, let, yeah, yeah. let I put myself as a well, I'm a black woman in this life, which I told him, and I put myself into this world, and I realize what people perceive, right? So yeah. I am not Afro-American mm-hmm. and my narrative is not about slavery. Mm-hmm. And my narrative is not about I'm a lesbian black woman. And right. my narrative is not about I'm a trans black woman. <laughs> so the straight women, the straight women in general, even yeah. a black woman, kind of, kind of not having the narrative at all today. Okay. You know, um, we make the list and we bring in the list and I'm saying, well, they're gay. I have nothing about gender, but yes. I'm saying to come with this new narrative, it's tough because you have to bring the defect of not having people seeing you and people can't believe you invisible. Right. So within the black community, let's say in New York, yeah. I have a strong Afro-American craft maker, jewelry designer, creative woman who are, who are actually changing the narrative. And that's the reason why I'm here. It's because I'm not by myself doing the work. Brooklyn is a state in himself. It's not Manhattan. So Brooklyn is a lot of uh, um, awareness, consciousness, and people uh, can be organized because we can be sustainable. A lot of money that I'm doing in New York, uh, I come from not directly the industry. You know, we we kind of sharing collectively and 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 helping one of another as a woman. So I can tell you it it works actually. And you've been exhibiting in. England, the Boogie Walls Gallery, and did I see something in Amsterdam? Yeah, and, I've seen Amsterdam. Yeah. So is how's that like? Is are you finding Europe's embracing you more, or is America embracing you more? Do you exhibit just in New York or in other states in America, or is this it is the so, same? This is so crazy, right? I'm in New York, but my work has been sell always almost 70, 85 percent in Europe. Right. Okay. <laughs> cool. Have you got any theories why? Huh? What? Do you have any theories as to why that is? Like why that? Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. I know what it is. The 
the industry of art photography in America is, is almost none. So that people doesn't have really knowledge of, of art history when it comes to photography. They do have on painting, but they don't much, they don't know much about photography in America. So that's historically. You yeah, yeah. Don't know. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, hard times for them to spend money on the photography as an art form as well. But you've been recognised. I've, I've read that you've been recognised in a couple of things like the uh, 26 upcoming photographers and there was something else as well. And they're both American, right? Smithsonian. You mean the Smithsonian? Yeah. Smithsonian. Yeah. Smithsonian. Yes, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So all the all the industry, let's say, which is very intri- intriguing, right? So let's yeah, say uh, yeah, the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian, the New Yorker, the New York Magazine, the New York Times, yeah. um, uh, Esquire. I work with prestigious um, people, right? Mm-hmm. But I never had the financial result. Right. Ooh, I'm like a social experience. I'm like, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Yeah, because yeah. because because it's very hard again for people to see me as a what do you say when someone is bankable? Yeah. Because I, I am non, I am not Afro-American, and I'm a French, but I'm a weirdo because I'm black. So the, there is no really uh, an, a knowledge and an understanding of what is Afro-Europeanity. Right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know where to categorize you. But then what why is do Afro, they have to? What is Afro-European, you know? Yeah. It's weird. Well, well, what's this in the New York Times on Sunday the 21st? What's that? That's... Super exciting. Yeah, so... Um, I told him it's like it's so um, it's like aligned with astrology and also ancient knowledge, which oh, okay. I believe, wow. which I believe when they're all connected. So the solar yeah. eclipse, uh, the solar eclipse on the on. Oh yes, Sunday. it'll be the longest day as well, won't it? Randall? So 38 yeah. second, yeah. yeah. And uh, if you check the Aztec Maya Ale- calendar, and um, anywhere like in any ancient civilization, this number June 21st, 2020, okay. was. Yeah. Uh, was was on and they predict this uh this eclipse oh really yeah so what what is interesting with this is i'm pretty sure right now because the i work with the woman armor uh last year in senegal and i and i had this dream for two years i mean that's how psyche works i don't know if you know about carl jung you know jung oh young yeah carl jung sorry carl jung carl jung (laughs) <laughs> I have some time to say his name, right? And um, I'm studying for years the Red Book, which was a book that he wrote when uh, it was not supposed to be published because that was for him. Its own self-realization doesn't have to be something with public because yeah. he won't be able to be honest with himself. So he keep it for himself and someone publish it when he die. Self-realization means there is a lot of um, dream that you're experiencing that you actually can fulfill in real life. So what I did is like I dream about this woman Amir for years and this woman Amir will always come to my dream. So I decided okay. to go and build the woman Amir with this uh, amazing metallic art, metal artist, uh, Mesa Fall in Senegal. And he, we have this entire video and process of building the Amir on me. All right. And uh, designing together with yeah. the connection with the chakra. And no. the connection with the leaves, the two leaves of consciousness, the two leaves of peace, the the wheel of universal thought, and yeah. the protection, uh, or the protection of a of a of a, a face, my face molded my face in metal, put it away and have a third eye open, which is uh. the protection the protection of consciousness itself in me. Mm-hmm. This has come from my dream. I'm able now to 
shape it like the Excalibur. Yeah. The fact that consciously I put this in the world and I hide it for a year, right? I hide it for a year. Nobody knows the work, right? Long times, literally asking me, do you have a self-portrait of you and about your journey? We want to publish uh, Story of uh, Black Photographer on Sunday, 21st, the day of the eclipse. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. This is, oh, yeah, perfect. eerie. That's, that's the reason why I didn't actually post it. So there's, there's some of work that I never post uh, yeah, because today. it's not the right time, you know? Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to seeing that one when it's out then. So it's releasing with the story of uh, the, the awakening completely of the divine feminine within the warrior. So I am a spiritual warrior and the spiritual warrior is the one who, who unleash the fire of the feminine energy which is like i am a destroyer right okay doesn't mean in a bad way destroyer means i have the power within me to start everything from scratch yes yeah yeah i know i I I don't know why i know this but i know this i have have the the the, i have the belief even more than the belief i'm pretty i'm convinced that in this life in this uh, practice of uh, self-realization yesterday was just a moment so if yesterday was just a moment uh every material aspect to losing whatever happened here to go to the next dimension of self-consciousness is actually to be ready for restarting from zero so the zero zero one zero 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 one like i have enough force within me to start from zero that's 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 the energy of the divine feminine the divine feminine is like wants to wants to destroy the old way of thinking and want people and push people to now finally think for themselves and collaboration is important to you right like you collaborate a lot and i guess you collaborate every time you take a photo not just collaborating with other artists yeah yeah and i've heard you say you talk for hours you you spend more time talking to your subject than taking a photograph normally so it's fair to say like that connection and emotional chat and sort of delving into other people's minds and emotions and backgrounds is a big part of what motivates you and your work and what your work's trying to communicate yes because i i find like you said very properly about it because i i felt the limitation of photography itself in the in the industry of photography itself, I felt the limitation of the connection with the subject. So, so my entire role as a, as a feminine force, it's to shift the relationship with the subject. And it's very, like, it's very recent that I find um, the answer. The answer was, was letting be the subject is the iconic self, projecting the mirror of yourself. Right. And, the, and through that reflection of being one with the self, you are finally releasing the great vision, which is the great vision, which is inspired by the Native American, the vision, the vision quest. The great vision is that transcending state where you give as much as you can of that self-reflection to this amazing light that you have in front of you. So I have to fall in love with my subject to rise them in love of that light yeah. it's, it's almost kind of like it's like it's, it can be funny because it's really is it's like 
ta-da, hallelujah, I stop and I take a picture. <laughs> like, I'm losing myself. I'm melting completely when I'm shooting a picture. It's a very, it's a transcendental energy. Uh, and after usually a shoot, I'm done for the day. Even oh, if it, it can be 15 yeah, yeah. minutes, it can be 30 minutes, it can be an hour. Okay, after cool. that, I am releasing so much energy for her, for the subject, to give it all this potential for her. Mm-hmm. Then after, uh, I'm, I'm, it's yeah. off. Are you just able to give that time and not ever sort of worry about the pressures of the world, finances, things like that? Have you always just been able to be like, I am going to dedicate this time to it? Or did you ever find or do you sometimes find yourself thinking, but I have to make a meeting at half past, so I could, I've got to make this one quick. Or today I've got to try and get five different subjects through the door because I need to make a certain deadline, things like that. You always found that balance easy or? That's amazing challenge. I love it. Like yeah, some yeah. days, some oh, days yeah, I yeah. got 14, 15 women show up the same day and yeah. I was not expecting it. And then I got, uh, when I did this project, Women of New York, and I shot 140, yeah. wo- 140 yeah, women, say, yeah. 15 women a day. And uh, I had to give them time, all of them. Yeah. So I was a machine. I was like... <laughs> 30 minutes talking to her and, you know, 15 minutes like photographing yeah, her yeah. and then the next one and the next one and the next one. I realized how much energy I have to give to them. I was yeah. exhausted. Shows a positive window every time. Yeah, yeah, after 140, my body asked me to stop. I bet. Yeah. It's okay. You know, it's okay. <laughs> and hopefully the pictures will be, will be one day in a book because people still don't understand because they're not aware of the power of photography this way. If you put those images together, 100 pictures, let's say, and yeah. you, you're scrolling the page of this woman and I photograph, they, all of them, 90% of them chose me. I didn't cast them. Yes, yeah, I yeah. didn't choose them for the beauty. They chose me. When, you, when you're seeing them together and you're scrolling the picture, they're white and black women and Asian women, right? Something happened here. You just realize that you're losing, you're losing the focusing on one mm. and you're seeing the whole. So right. the whole is my experience of oneness with them. The mm. only thing that you're seeing with them is me inside the reflection of many. Yeah. And the women of New York, it's it's even like double W O N. It means I won, I won that mission, and I am one, one. Right. So it's still it's still a process in photography to understand that in the in the photography world. And. And discuss collaborating with other artists because you've done quite a bit of that as well. That's also important. And and do you like kind of discovering things about other artists' practices? Or well, like I was, I was reading when you done the project with uh, JR and you done the other, and you done one with Shepard Fairey. Like that's a completely different way of working there. Yeah. So JR, I met him uh, six seven years ago, and in this project, he, he was more kind of a, an assisting production. Okay. So let's say that um, he. He will be uh, facilitate me his space and his printer and his studio and his team. So he give he literally gave me his yeah. team to teach wow. me how to wheat paste, which is was huge mission, you know, the wheat paste and learning about the machine, you know, like this. That was a mission. <laughs> like just to learn about his process was amazing and to be using his entire, you know, knowledge for uh, putting this image on the on the wall was pretty amazing for me, you know, and. Having, and also, like, um, I did that and also go to Brazil. 
Yeah. Yes, I saw that. You stayed in the moon, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I stayed in the moon. You know, I was the first one, but I don't want to come back. It was too dangerous. I was like, eh, no. When they told me that there is a ball protection in the moon, like I arrived in the favelas and they're like, well, you'd be safe because they can, you know, they can sometimes they shoot around then, but you get protected in the room. And I was yeah. like, I've seen a film on that. Are you in the film then? I've no, no, no. They did the film after, which oh, actually oh, okay. a friend of mine who's a, an amazing uh, director who's who's uh, taking pictures of dancers in the favelas of kids, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, the collaboration for me is so important because, because it helps me to grow. Like the artist, uh, I don't believe in uh, in my own self-realization on my own, you know. Like I felt like the process of connectivity, the process has to be, I, I have to be a student. Yes, right. Be yeah. open to learning. Yeah. Yeah, I want to yeah. learn. I want to learn. Every day I'm learning, you know. Every day I learn. Yeah. So I go to bed. I'm happy. I'm like a kid. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to learn more. <laughs> yeah, I sleep very well. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, lucky you. I don't sleep so well. <laughs> but I am you always to, excited by the next day. Your, you have to clean your ancestors, uh, you know, past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> the sins. Wipe them out. I have another uh, said, like, it's never about you, you know. Like, I yeah, love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of the past, the shadow yeah. of the past. Yes, yes. <laughs> and talking, you talk, mentioned Bruce Lee at the beginning of your day, and I've read that Kung Fu is quite a, a big part in your life, right? Yeah, but let's say, like, you know, all the sports that I practice, like, I did Kung Fu for seven years, and Kung Fu, um, especially with the Shaolin Monk, you know, when I arrive in New York, I find it very hard to focus and be disciplined because the city is, has a lot of opportunities right. and like fun. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't want to go out and drink and all that stuff. It's like, uh, it's kind of boring at a certain moment. Like everybody's doing the same thing all over again. Yeah. And they're not, I can't believe they're not bored. You know, after a year and a half, two, I was like, that's not sustainable. Yeah. And I find this temple, USA Shaolin Temple, and this amazing monk. Uh, who wow. actually teach, who actually teach to, um, Reza from the Hutang, you know? Bobby oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's oh, the wow. same, that's the same <laughs> yeah, teacher, you know? Yeah, yeah, amazing. So Good I find point. my, I find my master and, uh, because of, of, of his teaching, I was able to practice slowly, uh, self-transformation. I read the right book. I study Krishnamurti. I study Joseph Kempor, all these books that I'm still reading. I study science. I study, I studied so many different fields of practice for, for me to be able to come to a point where I'm talking. I'm not only talking about art, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, like an, it's like an integration, an alignment of things that visually I can explain and express today, but it's through the amazing teaching of forms uh, of, of Shaolin and then the, the teaching of, of discipline and sharpness and softness and fluidity and uh, oneness of energy like the energy is you're not on your own when we train we train all of us together 30 or 40 of us and we we're reaching the energy together all of us and we're learning from the best one who were there for seven years before me yeah you see so the the process of it's very important to have the elders accountable oh. in society and we don't we don't today like we have to have the elders accountable for the young generation and today they don't and it's very sad like they have oh, yeah to that's interesting them. yeah yeah you know that's how i was better, because i learned from the elders how um how has lockdown and the isolation 
been for you then like do you like to be because you know you like to be around other people or feed off their energy I am not yeah. isolated I'm not isolated I'm never oh. isolated this vocabulary is not good for artists like we we yeah. are already living in our own world you know so yeah, exactly. when you when the people come with isolation I'm like I'm not you know <laughs> I, it's, it's like I can be on my own I never feel isolated so, um, so no I have few friends. I have few friends. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. no difference at all. Did you find you were doing things like this more often? Zoom and and is there one called a house party or something? I'm calling the house party. Not really. I don't dance on Zoom, you know. Like, <laughs> have you been doing group dancing with your friends? No, not on <laughs> Zoom. I'm like, oh. no. I still like to dance with people around me in real life. So uh, we're doing a uh, small parties, three, four people, six people maximum, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we 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 are community here in New York in Brooklyn. So yeah. we 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 still thriving to be in community. And if it's between 10, 15 people, we I think we're living this life even even before the virus stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> but has this time pandemic and and the Black Lives Movement has this time inspired you or has has it kind of kept you lethargic or has it emotionally drained you? Or no, emotionally was draining for everyone, I think. Yeah, yeah, especially in America. Nobody understands what's happening to us in America because the fact that we we are in the vortex and yeah. we're in this uh, field of energy of, uh, of hate and killing mm-hmm. and violence and aggressivity, um, that that's, requ- that's required a very strong psychological balance. Yeah. Uh, I have it, luckily I have it because I trained for it for years, so I'm ready. But I can't even imagine um, people who have no uh, backup. And right. I mean, just not financially only, but backup of psychological balance. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm a sponge, I, have, I understand energy very much, so I'm like a sponge. So I need to, you know, use this darkness and this emotional, you know, it's like a, when you think about emotional, like visually, it's like, it really is like your skin is, it's, it's scratches. It's like really scratching you at the surface right, of your yeah, skin. Like but that gives me a lot of power and vision power actually to do the work. So oh, I've been really good. creative, you know. All oh, right, excellent. And yeah, people yeah, reaching yeah. out to me, people reaching out to me and they ask me that question about my work more than ever um, from, from UK. From LA, I was so surprised. Uh, I got random, but it's not random, right? But random, randomness become for me like a sign of like awakening. I'm like, oh my God, everybody's awake, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there yes. is a beautiful, there is a beautiful, beautiful light into this darkness. I want people to know that this light is coming to all of us right now. It's very tiny and small, I know. Mm-hmm. That's gonna grow and expand, mm. and hopefully, people is gonna be coming together for that light because darkness i know it's around for a very long time you know hopefully will bring change yeah was anything postponed or or even cancelled due to lockdown yeah. oh yeah like literally yeah, yeah. i got three solo shows in oh, march wow. april and may and i'm like oh, <laughs> oh damn it <laughs> like where were the, they what, what that, countries i was amazing that was the photography fair in uh in italy uh, MIA. Yeah. Uh, another one, Photo London, which is huge. Yeah. I had a solo show in it with my gallery. 
like in, the middle, in the middle of a, of a summer hat. In the middle, literally, I get the best part. Uh, yeah, I got right. 30 okay. of my work will be shown there. And one solo show in Paris in May. So I was like. So the, the Paris one is perhaps probably the only one that can be postponed. Because, yeah, the other the two fairs are cancelled, right? Photo London might be pushed back to September, October. We'll see. If oh, doing... okay. Mm -hmm. oh, right. I didn't know uh, that. But, but Photo London, I'm not doing it anymore because my gallery doesn't want to risk to lose money if it's not happening well. Oh. MIA is cancelled, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, let's say, like, for a month, I was kind of like, oh, my God, like, no money. Oh. Uh, suddenly, suddenly something appeared, like, I just shot for National Geographic. Nice. Uh, New York Times contacted me, uh, pay me for the release, like, whatever they do, they pay me. So, I found that people notice my work, while people, they didn't before. So, if there is an expansion of uh, people understanding the new narrative uh, necessity today, which is not just... You know, my own greed or my own interest. I was like, I didn't become an artist to be famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I didn't become an artist to be oh, on my own talking about shit on my own and say, hey, this is this, this. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, came, I came to this realization that, hey, if someone like me can tell another story of women, finally women will see that there is an opportunity for them to tell the story. And I think there's a lot of like, lack of self-confidence into the women's psyche. Okay. Not talking about, I'm not talking about black, that's what I'm saying. It's like universally right now the woman needs to tell a different story. Yeah. And she is lack of confidence because she have no reflection. Except Frida or, you know, it can't just be one. Uh, like Frida is like, oh, what is of Frida? Frida, I'm like, guys, yeah. Frida, it's okay. Like, leave it alone. Like, in the grave for a second. <laughs> yeah, there's more. <laughs> I want to talk to her. We have a discussion. It's like, she's tired. She wished... So we, there is an evolution of, uh, you know, art world of like not putting yeah. women in the right space. Yeah, she was meant to be the beginning, not the, not, not the only one. They, they want the to apologize to her. They want to apologize to her. The best way to apologize to her because they didn't see her when she was alive. It's to support now the woman who's doing the work, you know. Exactly. So hopefully they're going to turn the mirror to a living female artist today, you know. Not going to wait to be if 90 years old to her. be like discover. Ah, yes, but that's, that's, the, that's, that's what I'm telling you, it's like the, the uh, achievement of the word success for me is being completely dis misunderstood. Okay. Yeah. The, the success for me is to succeed, to awake a new narrative into the society and to have many women who's going to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have that yeah, communication perfect, yeah. and yeah, awake. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully I can be rich because... I want to support so many things around me, you know, so. Brilliant. It, it's, it's a good news to be, a, to want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. Actually, I could apply back in. the yeah. feminine energy within the system, which is I'm going to create a collective, uh, a rising of consciousness and an army of women and supporting women in many ways. I, I, I have the enough energy to do it, you know. Does that ever crossed your mind? Um, the collectives appeal to you? We had... Um... Adelaide de Moron, and she was very much, yeah. she had two separate collectives. So the Black British Female Artist Collective. Yeah. And, oh, God, the other ones just escaped me. Uh, yeah, I mean, she makes me discover. I met Adelaide say, last September during my exhibition, Boogie Wall. Yeah. And she makes me discover, and I was so happy they had this in uh, in the UK because they don't have this in Paris, you know. Mm. Oh. Uh, so in, in New York, they have it, but right. it, it's involving a Black 
African like Afro American women. Right, sure. So yeah, yeah. it's still there is a, there's still a few space for the African diaspora as per se. Yeah, we we are, but we're not having this name or this. Yeah, you don't have to officially. But we we it. are doing it here for sure. And like Adelaide, I'm, I understand that you also have worked with MT Art or assigned to MT Art. I, I, I just signed um, recently with oh, them. Oh wow! So oh, okay, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> during lockdown, does that all happen during lockdown, or was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I was like oh, surprised. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, the, the world keeps moving. Signing <laughs> a contract during lockdown, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an email. It can be yeah. done. Great. We have an exhibition um, in Monaco right now um, uh, until June 30th. Oh, wow. In Monaco, yeah, in a, in a bank. I have to remember the name of the bank. But um, it's, a, it's a collective show about uh, MTA artists. Right. And, do, you know uh, how, do you know how she came across your work? Or through Adelaide. Oh, through Adelaide. You're right. So I delayed, which is amazing, and she's doing great, and I'm doing the same with my fellow sisters and artists, women. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's giving opportunity and she's giving connection. So she, when she met me, she she introduced me to Marin, the yeah. the, the founder of MTA, and then boom. Excellent. So Adelaide is expanding as well the the help into the collective uh, women, and we need to as a woman. That's what I'm saying. It's like this is the job as well of a of a woman to do it within the woman the same way that uh, the men did within yeah, the men. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. that's a responsibility. That's a, uh, so that's a big um, appeal and reason why you even signed in the first place, yeah? Because I guess yeah. to a certain extent, you didn't really need to. You know, you've got an amazing following, you're, you're d- doing well, your work's been purchased, but, but you felt this was a good... I find, I find like, uh, it's tiring to just uh, only, as much as I do the work, I need now support for having someone who, who can uh, yeah, who can sell sell even more, but like put me uh, even more rooted into the art collection. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm doing this talk uh, next week with uh, Christie's uh, Young Club, and uh, they put me in. They have this. They okay. have they have the place and the spot to put me into the art world in Europe and. Uh, yeah. In the London one or the New York one? Christine, in the London. UK, yeah. UK, wow, brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, what so... What will the talk be about? You'll be... That, that was, uh, I think I'm I'm doing a conversation on Zoom. So people RSVP on Zoom with uh, another photographer who's shooting wildlife. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have to remember his name. I have to check. She sent me today. But we have a conversation and, and Christie's auction people will be able to finally see a different type of vision of my understanding of Africa. Yeah. with my understanding of Europe and my understanding of America, so they can have a glimpse of a diver- different way for people to see African artists per se, you know. Like I say, I think we still like have, have uh, been knowledge as a stereotype and the way that they choose African artists are more the one who are actually keeping the narrative stereotype. Yeah. Is that frustrating or are you just more interested in getting on with it and, and going forward? Nothing is frustrating for me because I had to start from scratch, you know, and I know yeah, that this world is, was not okay the way that it is anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you wake up in the morning like, destroy and rebuild. this is not okay today, yeah. you know, and you, you, just, you just have to laugh about the work that has to be done. You can't be feeling frustration. I don't feel frustration. Excellent. Good. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, the weight on your shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like, me, like, it's true they have a purpose and sometimes it's, Sometimes I was like, leave me alone for like a day, you know. 
When mm. you have a purpose, I, I, I definitely have to tell you that doesn't leave you alone even one hour. Right. It's very yeah. strange, you know. It's like this drive and the thriving. It's it's like I think you're born with it, you know. It's like okay, well, let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit the road running. There's no, there's no failure, you know. Like my process of being in the art world as a black woman, that's a lot of work. <laughs> but I guess I was the one into the realm of consciousness who's been selected. It's like, hey, you've been doing martial art. You, 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 uh, you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that might be your role to bringing into that breaking through it and uh, makes those people realizing they need more, um, you know, narrative from people of color and, and it's involving, you know, Indian as well. You know, I have Indian friends and I'm, I'm yeah, saying oh, yeah. narrative can't be Western only, you know, even yeah. if I'm from the Western world, I have a, a narrative who's actually transcending the states of the Western world and question, questioning the the conditioning of her own psyche about mythology and about the place of gods and the art history with um, the impressionism and cubism and the way that the male energy in art history drive her own understanding of art itself. You know, there's so many questions to ask here. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is not being actually put on the table. Boom. Got to absorb it. What I said, yeah. <laughs> so, so I always ask every artist we have on do you have a piece of your own work hanging in your home and if so why that particular piece I am not in my home right now oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am I doing quarantine in two different houses my home and another studio fair enough but I have uh, the collage and I can show you on the floor um, but it's like live or whatever so let me show you it's so funny because it's under Van Gogh. So let me just show you the, the piece right now that I'm preparing. So this is uh, the snake, the woman, and the nature. I don't mm-hmm. know if see it better here. Let me just see it. Yeah, this one. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. why I'm doing here. There is those that I can show you there. Um, oh, yeah, lovely. Right? So those images that I'm shooting through the years are always the self-reflection of a different type of woman. This is a relationship with the vagina and the universal connection. This woman from a magazine is, is you know, from the anthropologic era. Okay. And I'm drawing yeah. on it. This uh, It's a shoot with a dancer. Right. So I'm using a lot of pictures around her who are actually mine. And the, nice. I have also landscape with women. So this is another project. This is project that I want to develop more. Mm-hmm. If I'm moving to Senegal, uh, I will be able to shoot more stuff into the nature, which I do in my work with trees. It's because now I can connect them with the woman itself. So the, the roots of a woman uh, psyche is there a deep connection with nature, nature through uh, own organic system. You know. Right. Amazing. And what will that be for? What's that particular piece for? Do you know at this point? This this piece is for it's for a commission work. So a friend of a collector mm-hmm. support me during the quarantine, which I'm very happy. Yeah. And he uh, he I do a mock up. Right. He wants specific picture. 
So this one is commissioned, so it's different from like being like natural 100%. But yeah, uh, once you know what picture he wants in the middle and the snake, for example, now yeah. I can play around with anything else and yeah. have fun. So for now, I have to do it, but I'm adding collage, uh, ink, ink, yeah. drawings. So yeah, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, you're illustrating on top of the photos there, were you? The, the white pen. Yeah, so nice. this, is some, this is something that I want to develop more now. Mm. So let's say like I spent 10 years of my life to to create my own mythology. So now that mythology has been creating and I have enough archive, what you see on Instagram and my website, it's only 30% of my work. Wow. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's like people believe it's all my work. And I'm like, guys, like this is so much that I can't post it, but I create my library. Yeah. yeah. And, and the drive and the energy that I have for 10 years um, before, you know, any kind of like being credited by institution or be successful. I didn't really care per se. Mm -hmm. It's because I was building my archives. So now that I'm entering a new um, era after 10 years, mm -hmm. now I can use all my photography, so all my copyright, right? And yes, I can transform it into collage, painting, into... So now I have now my canvas. So I will say to you, that's just just the beginning of my work, actually. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, that discovery is like now I have now I have, I have the form now. Yeah. And now I can use the form the way that I never did before. So I can use it uh, doing with metal people, uh, craft people. I want to travel to Senegal to work with craft people, like glaze painting. Yeah, so, nice. So yeah. anything right now is possible for me because I have the blueprint. Right. Yeah. Have you done something with 3D printing? I read somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Yeah. What What did you do there? What was that? I did I did the design. Uh, we designed together with the 3D printing company. Uh, we actually only do products, but they came to artists and they asked them if they want to do something. So I came up with this uh, mask, uh, three dimensional with uh, three different faces. Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it on yeah, it's, it's right. a 3D oh, mask. Really, it's almost and like pages of a book. Sort of. Yeah. It's so the face. 3D. Yeah. But like, it's so funny because this idea, again, I don't create anything from scratch, but things come to my mind, right? And I Google three-dimensional mask, right? Three yeah. faces. And I find that okay. in, <laughs> in, in the Aztec and the Mayan, right. they, they, they have the sculptures. Right. Birth, life and death. Oh, right. Okay. And when I, when I did it, I lost... Uh, uh, one of my amazing love, my life, uh, five years ago, four years ago, and I had to do this process. So this process yeah. of this 3D mask. Through I, the cycle. I have, yeah, I let go of the past. I mm -hmm. understand. I understand death, mm -hmm. and I'm born again. Yeah. That was that was my uh, that was my second transformation. Oh, okay. Are you willing to tell us? My third one is the is the is the one on Sunday. The Okay. The Warriors. Yes, the Warriors. Yeah. He brought me to Botswana. Yes. Like literally, like this guy took my take. Uh, it took me from my reality, put me in another reality, yeah. and he yeah. looked at he looked at me and he's like, "Are you sure you want to really do what you tell me you want to <laughs> do?" And you're like, "Ah, you lost. You kind of yeah. lost." Like yeah. it's very tough because when you realize that your reality was a uh, was conditioning 100 percent. There is no way back, you know. So that's mm. the first transformation. When you wake up one day and you're like, I have mm. to break up with my ex-boyfriend 14 years. I have to move in another country because mm. I won't be able to evolve in Paris because there's too much conditioning. 
Uh, that's the first transformation, yeah. Because we and perhaps should just tell the audience, like me and Nick know because we've done the research, but you were, before that, that meeting with Peter, you were in the music industry yeah. and doing video editing and, and such things before, which was a, a very different to what you do now. A graphic design, you know, but I was working for others. So I was at yeah, the service. Yeah. I, would, I was at the service of the industry, actually. Mm-hmm. That's and why I'm a, I'm a rebel. I don't want to be at the service. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to yeah. be in the service, you know. No, no, absolutely. I like to stay um, because, you know, uh, people who are listening to your podcast, watching mm-hmm. your podcast, are people who are inspired with arts and artists, right? So I think we're coming to an amazing uh, transformation year in 2020. Yes. where um, artists actually have a big place to play. Mm-hmm. And this place will be for them to finally have a voice. Uh, if they're ready to have a voice, not just only talking about the work, but the process of life itself, because we we actually practicing for years. So we understand what's happening today. I'm really present for, for this transformation in this world. And I feel empathy and a lot of compassion for people who are not ready. I was like, you know, that's going to be hard for those people. Mm. And uh, art is a tool for, you know, giving the kids not just only hope, but we actively, we activists already because we, there is an action within the process that we're doing. It's like we have to do it no matter what. This yes. intention, this intention, this set up the intention in your life, like wake up in the morning and you set up your intention to not only learning, but to do the work on not just only saying, you know, let's say, oh, I'm going to do it and you do it. No, to do the work with the beautiful, the beautiful respect for yourself and say, I am doing it because I love myself and I love others. And I need to give back way more love right now because that's not okay. So the intention of an artist is actually this one. It's like, I I know people believe we, we selfish, Right. It's actually selfless. Right. Putting it yes. here because I want you guys to understand it later or now. Yeah. And hopefully this, this result or this image will make you question life itself and the meaning that you now either lost or a little bit confused. And we are all confused and it's okay to be confused. So that's the message that I want to, that I want to share now. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Subscribe and give us a like if so, and you can follow us on Instagram at Artproof, where you are welcome to drop us a message. Take care.